Library Podcast. I'm David Pensick, Communications Manager for Sklo Center Region Library. We're located in the heart of downtown State College on the corner of Beaver Avenue and Allen Street. And this episode is dropping on Wednesday, October 17th. So we are more than halfway through the month of October, which is hard to believe. This month has seemed to be flying by. But we still have a plenty of uh, activities and events happening at the library this month. I'll mention a, f- a few of those at the end of this, at, toward the end of this episode. But obviously check out our website, uh, sclolibrary.org, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have our calendar of events, so all that uh, good stuff's there. So, um, but I'll mention some of those um, events happening uh, toward the end of this episode, some of the things that are coming up in the next week or so. Uh, for today, I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. Uh, This is a conversation I had with two of the founding members of Happy Valley Improv. I talked with Nate Rufo and Andrea McCloskey. And Happy Valley Improv has been around since about 2016. And they've become just this really cool and popular piece of the arts and culture scene uh, in State College in the Happy Valley region. Uh, they put on shows at the State Theater. They uh, um, nonprofits hire them for performances. Uh, they've done a lot of events. They do workshops. And the reason that SCLO, uh, that we're talking to them, is uh, recently Happy Valley Improv made this generous donation of more than 20 books. I think 23 to be exact, but more than 20 books about improv, about the art and, and theater of improv and and just learning more about it and, you know, how you can use it in, in your life and uh, leadership skills, all that. And uh, it's going to it's what's called now the Happy Valley Improv Collection that's going to be at the library. And on Thursday, October 25th, uh, starting at 6 p.m. in our commun- community room, we're going to have an evening with Happy Valley Improv that's going to sort of kick off this collection. And part of the evening is going to be a workshop. So if you've never done improv and had an interest, you know, you you want to check this out. Come, you know, see what you think about uh, doing improv. And then part of the evening evening is going to be members of Happy Valley Improv, along with if people who did the workshop um, are interested in doing a performances, a couple of performances and skits and all that. So it should be a really cool evening here at the library. It's uh, 6 p.m. October 25th, an evening with Happy Valley Improv that's going to kick off the Happy Valley Improv collection. But uh, yeah, so hopefully you enjoy. I think you're going to really enjoy my conversation I had with uh, Nate and Andrea as we uh, as Sklo is really proud to have and thrilled to have this partnership with them and have the Happy Valley Improv Collection at our library. So here's my conversation with uh, Nate Rufo and Andrea McCloskey of Happy Valley Improv. Joining, joining us on this podcast. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, thank you for having us. So, I guess first of all, a little background: we had some email exchanges um, 
where Nate answered some questions about uh, his view on improv, and there seemed to be some discrepancy <laughs> between the two of you. What, what was what, uh, So I guess that's where I want to leave. What, okay. what, what are each of your views on improv? Okay. Improv so let's preface this by saying after Andrea sent that email, <laughs> she did message me, and this is a little glimpse into Andrea McCloskey. She said, I said, do we really have that divergent views on this? And she said, no, I'm just trying to drum up some excitement. I did, oh, okay. I did perhaps overstate <laughs> our points of disagreement for the sake of um, drumming up some drama oh, that's right. about this. But we are happy to find the points yeah. of, of contention. contention. Yeah, and really and dig really into them really here. Well, I also think there was some contention about Sklo, too, wasn't there? <laughs> oh, we're now we're getting into it. Okay. Pro or con? I, I am nothing but pro when it comes to Sklo. Oh, me too. Pro Sklo. We are pro Sklo. We are both pro Sklo. That's yes. true. It was a complete bit on Andrew's part. <laughs> yes. Um, I think, actually, we have very um, complimentary or... Oh. Views on improv. Oh. Or well, like thank you very much. Identical views. <laughs> identical views. I, I believe that's correct. Yeah. Um, so the question was about improv, right? Yes. Before yeah. we mm-hmm. go yeah, on a tangent. Um, so what do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess what are your views about this art form? What, how do you see it? How, mm-hmm. do, how do you see it being used? Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I'll kick it off and Andrea yeah. can jump in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a little bit of background. I've been doing improv for about six years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned improv in Charleston at a place called Theater 99. Uh, and one of the biggest things I think I've learned about improv, um, people, when they say improv, they say improv comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually kind of a big argument in the improv community about whether improv is inherently a comedic art form or not. Uh, a lot of people, when they think of improv, they think of whose line is it anyway, which is definitely comedic. You're gone for the jokes. What we do is something called long-form improvisation. So that's what we call short-form. Whose line is it anyway is like games. Oh, we have a scene from a hat. Let's do that. And let's see short little things. Long-form is we take one suggestion and we kind of explore that suggestion through like about a 20-minute set. Um, so I think that Improv can be funny and oftentimes is, but I don't think it necessarily has to be. And it has so many other implications and uses and uh, influences on other aspects, which is something that I think Andrea could probably speak on because mm-hmm. part of her research agenda as a professor moving forward is about the connections between improv and other things. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, uh, when we say long-form improv, um, we're talking about the theatrical um, form of creating stories together on the spot um, and embodying them and enacting them um, in a shared sort of point of creation with whoever is you know there to watch and partake and participate. So that's what our shows are. That's mm-hmm. what we practice. And mm-hmm. I know that sounds funny to say, how do you practice something mm-hmm. that is you know, by definition, improvised, but we can talk more about what it means to practice that, too. But as Nate was saying, so my area of um, interest is education. I was a high school math teacher before I got my PhD, and now I'm a faculty member in the College of Education. And so I'm interested in implications for um, schools and learning and classroom settings and how improv theater... um, can kind of inform what we do and what we what we are doing, what we could be doing to make classrooms more collaborative, more joyful, more organic, more authentic, more life affirming that places um, than they currently are. Um, so, 
And and I get a lot of my ideas from another colleague of ours, Sam Tanner, who has um, been working in improv in high school settings for, he would tell you, 15 years. Yeah. Um, and so he he has a lot of thoughts and uh, of from his background in drama education, but I'm interested in how we can make math classrooms especially more improvised and fun places. Because my moments of doing mathematics um, when I was a math major, the most fun parts uh, were, you know, working together at a table. I became a math major because I like pencils, mechanical pencils and paper, and sitting around a table with people and working on a problem and throwing out ideas and sharing ideas and, um, you know, I, I wasn't a natural mathematician. I had to work hard at it, but I love solving problems together with people. And so I want to take the, you know, the best moments of that. And I think improv theater gets at some of those feelings that I had and how can, how can it feel like that for kids who are learning math? How, I mean, how would that, I don't know if you've thought about it, how would that work in a math? (laughs) Yeah, well, well, for example, the um, motto of yes and, which is kind of like the would you call that a motto, mantra, uh, uh, motto, philosophy? philosophy, sort of foundational principle? I guess I would say of, yeah. of improv, which is, you know, if you're an improv scene, if we're talking about the performative aspect of it in a scene, if your scene partner says something, you say yes, you accept that it's true, and then you say and, and you move the scene along somehow. Mm. So instead of shutting something down, so if I'm in a scene with Andrea and I say, "Oh, Grandma, it's so cold outside." Mm-hmm. Um, she has to accept that she's my grandma Mm -hmm. and I think it's cold outside. And then she has to add something onto that scene. Instead of, if I said, grandma, it's cold outside, if she said, I'm not your grandma, kid, I've never seen you before. Yeah. That derails the entire scene. And you can see how that could transfer to a classroom where a kid's trying to work his way through a problem and maybe doesn't go quite the right way, but if you completely shut them down, that just derails the whole process. Right, Is right. that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if we start from a place of yes and acceptance and working together instead of saying starting from a place of skepticism and no mm-hmm. and uh, critique, if how can starting from a place of believing help us to do more interesting math together? Mm-hmm. And people get a little, you know, I, I know that it's hard to imagine because in math, and in a lot of things, there are right and wrong answers. And so um, that's what makes it hard and interesting, I think. But I think it's still worth really thinking about rather than just quickly dismissing it as um, impossible to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, now, the scene you just, the yes and, uh, yeah. sort of goes along. I heard an interview with, I think, another one of the founders, James Tierney. He was uh-huh. on actually another podcast. Mm-hmm. And he talked about uh, one of the key elements, or maybe the key element, is trust. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he said, how you guys started, I think, in 2016, but it was not until another year till you... Well, I guess yeah. to, you spot, to you, can you talk about trust and ha- trusting each other, how you develop that, what kind of trust you have to have with each other. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, James is absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, trust is an integral part of improv because improv forces us to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, I believe, taught in society a lot of times that no is the safer answer and we shut things down that we're uncertain about and improv forces you to explore the uncertain. Um, And so you have to have a level of trust in the people that you're doing it with that they won't shut you down like I described earlier, that they won't say no to you and say no, that's a stupid idea or no, whatever. Um, And I would say that we the four of us and now we're expanded to seven of us um, 
definitely have a very high level of trust both in the improv world and in the business world. I mean, Happy Valley Improv is as much as, you know, as much of our time, if not more, is spent running the business aspect of it as is spent doing the improv and practicing the improv. Um, And the four of us just have an incredible level of trust and chemistry. Um, I mean, you know, there are always things, but we always, I think, have trust and faith in each other that we'll work through whatever is going on. Right, right. And I'm starting to think, I don't know what you would think of this. Oh, new discovery. Here we go. Here's a new theory. That trust is kind of, (laughs) trust is the main thing for me that comes out of our weekly practices with each other. Mm -hmm. It's like, so we're learning specific skills and dispositions and we're developing Technique, maybe you'd call it. I don't know. Art, artists might um, bristle because I think that's a precise term in the art world. I don't know. Well, we're, but we're doing exercises and we're doing specific um, uh, routines and reps, mm-hmm. right? But I think that time together we are developing trust that really pays off. Then, and we, you know, we draw on that well every time we're creating together in a show, for yes. example. So. I think that's why we have to meet weekly Mm -hmm. is so that we can remember um, and practice the connections we have with one another. Because when we step out on a stage, if I step out, like Nate was saying, the vulnerability, if I start talking in a strange way or walking around in a (laughs) weird, Mm -hmm. confusing thing, I have to trust that my um, scene partners won't you know, make a joke at my expense because that's easy to do. You can really undercut your partner and get a big laugh from the audience by being like, you forgot your meds today, Andrea. Sure, that's funny in the moment, but then that doesn't let us build something together. So we have to trust that the people will step out there and be willing to step out on that limb with with me. And I think that's that's a brilliant point. And it really, it can connect to so many other aspects of life as we're talking about with improv. I mean, if you think about just even in your relationships, whether it's friendships or whether it's your romantic relationships or your husband or your wife, you have to have that sort of consistent level of vulnerability and willingness to listen and struggle together and have faith that you're going to come out on the other side. And going back to improv, I mean, yeah, you absolutely have the trust. There's also a thing in improv called group mind, mm-hmm. which is, you know, you practice together and you start to sort of learn either subconsciously or consciously kind of where other people's brains are going. And that can come together in sort of beautiful ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Is that why, because it seems you have these workshops and it seems like, and they're, they're used as team building. So these might not be people who ever want to do improv, go on a stage, but they're using it. Is that where you're getting? Is that because they're building trust with each other through through this process or whatever? Absolutely it, yeah. right. Yeah. So the workshops are valuable to people um, for lots of reasons. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even people who don't have any intention to continue watching or doing improv together mm-hmm. can really um, gain a lot. And we we hear this again and again. What people learn and gain from spending a couple of hours doing doing improv with with their you know co-workers or colleagues or peers or whatever the group might be yeah so. absolutely and i mean we we 
set, our workshops can work on many different specific skills, but as far as like bringing a group together and really letting them all, it puts everyone on equal playing field, right. right? Especially when we go into a place where people have never done improv before, all of them together. Again, it's that shared vulnerability of we're all struggling through this and, you know, we've never done this and it's uncomfortable, but we show a different side of ourselves than the everyday, oh, I'm in my lab and I'm doing research next to this person we don't really interact with. It really can create sort of a shared experience and a shared trust um, that's a, a really interesting way that's kind of unique to other things that I've seen. I think so, too. Yeah. I think it's a unique way to interact with people. Mm-hmm. What um, skill sets do you think you use that are different than, you know, a script, someone and doing theater from a script and everything? What, what skill sets do you need um, that would be used or different than... And I guess regular quote unquote regular theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a there's a ton of overlap. Um, yeah. Sam would always you know always says improv is a theatrical art form. Mm-hmm. Um, I was taught in Charleston uh, improv is basically writing, acting, and directing at the same time in real time. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to a scripted play, which admittedly I don't have really any experience with that, so mm-hmm. I could be completely misrepresenting, yeah. and I'm sorry, actors. Um, <laughs> But as opposed to a scripted play where you have a director who's like, okay, the blocking is here, then you're going to move down stage right, mm-hmm. um, and these are your lines, and these, this is what I want you to hit, you're, in, you're discovering that in the moment, um, and you're making all those decisions in the scene by yourself. Um, so that's kind of what yeah. I would say about yeah. it. Yeah, and I don't think you need to come to improv with particular skills. Mm-hmm. I know I sure didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, boy. <laughs> I don't have acting experience. Right. Um, I am trying to get better at prop work. Prop work? <laughs> I think okay. you mean object. object. <laughs> we do not I'm, use props in improv, I'm, actually. <laughs> we are not carrot top. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to get better at um, voices. Sure. These are voices. theatrical things. So here's the thing. Voices. Prop work. <laughs> Facing <laughs> Moving. toward the audience. Facing toward the audience. To, That's so, right. like stage presence. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a better way to say mm-hmm. that. I'm also learning the lingo. <laughs> okay, so I didn't have that. But you develop, I don't know, just like um, you need certain dispositions might be mm-hmm. better to say than right. skills. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you like I'm saying, you develop skills through improv and being a better actor makes you a better improviser. Mm-hmm. They're complementary. But um, I think the disposition of openness and vulnerability and willing to take risks and being curious about other people, I think, mm-hmm. is a really nice thing to bring. Um, mm-hmm. But these are all also things you can develop. Like, if you weren't as good at being open as you'd like to, or if you're someone who's a perfectionist who's nervous about trying new things improv is a place to work on that so there I would I'm trying to the bigger point I'm trying to make I think is that there's not like there's a very low bar for entry yes so it's accessible um, for all kinds of people yeah we hear all the time people after our shows who are like oh man I I could never never do that I could never do that I hear that all the time and I'm like look at me Fairly functional. Yeah, adult. I do just point right at Andrea the whole time. Yeah, anyone no. can do it if you yeah. want to. You yeah, can do absolutely. It. And it's you know, I believe everyone can benefit from it. Not everyone's going to fall in love with it like we have. Sure. Um, but the the idea that you have to be witty or quick no. or funny or anything. No. There are styles of improv that utilize those skills more, but improv as a whole, like I said before, it doesn't have to be inherently comedic. Right. And even if you don't feel like you're witty in the moment. 
some of the people who come in and think they're, oh, I'm the funniest person in my office and I'm going to make a joke. Yeah. Like Andrea said before, if you're making jokes at your scene partner's expense, that's not helping the art form at all. Yeah. Right. So there's not one particular set of skills that it's like you need these to be an improviser because it's just such a big and open and affirming art form that you can bring any set of skills and make it work. Right, right. As long as you have that disposition. Yeah, people who bring their authentic selves. Some people are... You know, slow. You know, maybe more thoughtful and really mm-hmm. say things slowly. But when they do, it really contributes something really unique that yeah. the team really needs. Or some people are more physical and are good at falling on the floor <laughs> in funny ways, and then that makes it for interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I think anyone can really contribute to a really neat experience for the group. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You touched on some, but are there misconceptions? Like you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, people think. You don't have to practice. You just come. And, right. I mean, are there other misconceptions you run into when people want to talk to you about improv? Sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, there are still people in my own family even that think that it's pre, pre-established pre or pre-written or we think of the scenarios beforehand. Yeah. Um, people will come up to me sometimes and say, you should use this in one of your improv skits. <laughs> that a lot you get too. that a lot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, this would be really funny in one of your improv skits, and it's a story about someone I've never met, and I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, the entire idea of improv is, literally, we're up on stage, we get a word from the audience, and that word inspires us to do something, and mm-hmm. we discover it from there. None of it's pre-written, none of it's predetermined. Um so yeah, that's that's probably one of the bigger ones. The practice one is a big one. Uh, the fact that it's always going for comedy is a big one. Mm-hmm. Do you have any mm. other thoughts? The fact that you think you have to be funny to right. do it is a yeah. big one. I mean, it's just right. Yeah. The, the funny guy in your office is often not <laughs> yeah the best improviser. The be- it has has to really work to learn how to like share the spotlight with others. Yeah, um, sometimes. Absolutely, yeah. And it's improv is so much about supporting the people around you and making them look good mm-hmm. instead of trying to get the biggest laugh yourself. Yeah. Are there, because I mean, you've done so many, but are there characters or, or, or that you've enjoyed that mm. stood out to you? Like what, you know, performance or whatever, whatever character that you portrayed or whatever, and may end up with multiple times or maybe it was just one time that you've, that you've enjoyed the most. Sure, <laughs> sure. So, I mean, I'm just going through my mental category because there's so many of them. <laughs> uh, a couple months ago, I played Miss Piggy on a stage. Okay. A very angry Miss Piggy who was angry at Kermit because he was being the mall Santa and letting kids sit on his lap, and she didn't like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, she was very angry. Uh, that's probably the one that sticks out to me. So, one of mine is Miss Haversham. That was the first time I tried a <laughs> British woman, yeah. a British person on yeah. stage. Uh-huh. I just wanted to see if I could do an accent. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I maintained that accent for like you did, you did okay. 30 seconds and well, let's I really let's wanted let's to hear. bail. Let's oh, hear Miss oh, 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 Can oh, we boy. speak to Miss Haversham now? <laughs> um, she'll only appear if Miss Piggy, angry Miss Piggy also appears. <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay, so she was something like, oh, oh my, um, I'm here. She was at the train station in the olden days. That's right, in the old, that was the old West one. Do you remember? Yes. Mrs. Haversham. Old West. I remember that. And she was, um, she was, like, shocked at a lot of things. Like, you know, fanning herself. This is going to translate into a podcast format, but she was fanning herself in the olden days in the Wild West. Uh, my Miss Piggy was something like, Cut it! Okay. Cut it! 
I just yelled Kermit a lot. That's <laughs> kind of all it was. And I played Kermit this past you week. You did play Kermit. So look at this. Yeah, you, she has a great Kermit impression. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, and an even better Jack Nicholson. No, I, I also loved my, I, I think I like older women. Like that, I was that Minnesota grandmother. That's true. Who had participated? Participated in, in D Day. In D Day. <laughs> so and, and Nate and I have have made a backstory. We haven't revisited this in a in a while. But this, I don't remember her name, but she was a grandmother from Minnesota who had gone to D Day and had stormed the beaches of Normandy. Um, <laughs> But got out of there. She got out of there. Oh, yeah. She <laughs> sure did. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, but she did get a certificate of participation. Certificate of oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for the yeah, Allied that's, Forces. That's a big old thing. In Normandy. Yeah. Wow. So she'll stay with me. <laughs> <laughs> She's a part of you forever and ever. It's nice. uh, so, June six. You have to bring her out. That's right. June six. Yes. <laughs> you have to bring her out. We'll do that. That's true. <laughs> it's hard to remember. I mean, as an improviser, a lot of times you get what's called post-show amnesia, mm. um, where it's like. You're so improv forces you to be so present and so focused that sometimes it's like it's not even sticking in your memory banks. It's just you're just doing it. Right. So <laughs> it's it's interesting. It's, it's gone. interesting. Yeah, and it's gone. <laughs> One misconception I had about improv is that I thought um, being drunk would help. Oh, okay. <laughs> it turns out you want to be sharp. Yeah. And yeah, so no. actually we we very deliberately like so, stay sharp. So, okay, so no, 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 wait, we can't move on from this because when did you do improv drunk? No, I never have because okay. I realized very quickly you guys. So I was like, <coughs> we're gonna go out drinking first, right? Because I was super nervous before my yeah. first show, and I'm like, this is how I deal with nerves, right? This is what we're <laughs> supposed to do. I was like, good, dull it in some way, you know, some some social lubrication no, no. and they were all like what no you dive <laughs> like, into that yikes. you dive into those nerves yeah and that's you the use, point is you like you, you use the energy from the right. nervousness and I've been doing it for five years James and Sam have been doing it for over a decade and all of us still get nerves at the beginning of the show yeah that's true uh, James always says if I stop getting nervous before a show I shouldn't be doing improv anymore because oh. it's not like it's not <gasps> engaging him in, in the same way so this will never get easier no yeah. it never will yeah you're welcome yeah great well, I'm guessing because so much, you guys rely so much on the audience. Yes. Right. So and you and it's a different audience, and so that's got to be nerve right because you don't know how they're going to respond. Oh, totally. I mean, that's probably a barrier. I mean, yeah. yeah. Sure. And, and, yeah. But they're. I guess you you ask them to throw out, and so you never. So I mean, how how is that with your marriage? Yeah. Thing? Oh, they, the audiences really do bring yeah. a very different vibe each yeah. time. Yeah. You're right. It's it's like a big part of the show, and yeah. and that's what makes it fun is yeah. like some of them are especially energetic and mm-hmm. loud and some of them are quiet but you know right. hanging on your every word so they have different vibes and personalities and that's as much of a part yeah. of creating the show as what we bring I think absolutely and it's so interesting uh, as an improviser you're up there and you think you say something that's like you know we say don't make jokes and don't be funny you get in the heat of the moment and sometimes it happens and you say something and you're like this line's gonna kill and you get nothing <laughs> you get nothing but you go up there and you just say something off the top of your head and the audience dies yes. it's like the funniest thing they've ever heard right. so like that sort of relationship and like what's gonna land what's not is also part of what makes it fun because if, if it was like a science where it's like okay I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna get this result that's less interesting and less alive mm-hmm. I think to me yeah. uh, it's also interesting how different audiences like she was saying engage and enjoy we had a show a few months ago where we had a group of gentlemen who 
we had it set up in a different way, so it was kind of in the round. Mm-hmm. Podcast listener at home, picture in the round. <laughs> so the audience could actually see each other, like, across the way. Okay. We had these four gentlemen who sat on one side of the audience with their arms crossed the whole time, just frowning the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> and people on the other side of the audience, after we talked to them, were like, that was really weird. Like, that really took me out. They came back the next three months. <laughs> they loved it. It was like they, like, they loved the show. It's just so interesting that people are just like, they're just sitting there with their arms crossed, but yeah. they love it. Yeah. And we've had some shows um, with heavy undergrad, like younger yep. student, mm. um, composition and those have been some really loud and fun shows Mm -hmm. and then we've had some older shows which are a little more heady I think Yeah, like maybe more that's when I bring out my D-Day references like very smart very deep because they were there for that yeah yeah Yeah, connect with the audience (laughs) smart (laughs) well hopefully we'll have a Great mix for an audience, uh, October 25th. Yes, uh, yes. So let's yes. Uh, talk about, um, let's talk about how this came about, your partnership here with the library and, and uh, donating books. And, and I think it was your idea, Nate. It was my idea. So, Andrea, you can speak on your love of the library, mm. sure, ad yeah. nauseum. <laughs> and she That's going to be a separate podcast. And she, that's, bring her back. Yeah. It's going to be a it's going to series. It's going to be like a Keith Burns series okay. on School Library. Uh, but... I, we had a meeting a few months ago and we decided, as, as we always had been, but kind of to reaffirm and re-engage in really trying to push out into the community and make community connections. And we decided that was going to be a real focus for us. And so going along with that, I knew how much Andrea loved Sklo. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Sklo is like a central part of the community here. I mean, it's a big deal. Wait, you don't love Sklo? I don't uh, well. <laughs> he likes Sklo. Boy, I don't, I don't love, love yeah. Sklo. I love it at a friend. friend. How many books do you have out right now? I mean, at any given time, I have at least ten overdue books. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you shouldn't have admitted that on air. Those are my donations. <laughs> Lock her up. Um, so, uh, yeah. I, I mean, we all love Sklo, and so I thought of the idea. You know, it'd be really cool. We've been talking about creating some sort of resource library because mm-hmm. we have a growing student community. We teach classes, mm-hmm. uh, improv classes. And so far we've had, I think, 60 to 70 students go through our classes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, like, really want other ways to engage in improv because we can only offer so many classes because we only have so many people to teach them. And we all have full-time jobs and stuff like that. So we can't possibly fill all of their improv needs. And so in brainstorming different ways, like how can we give them opportunities to engage and give them opportunities to learn outside of our classes, this idea of this library came up. And so, I don't know, I just thought one day it'd be really cool if we partnered with SCLO, which would get our, you know, go out into the community. It would give our uh, students a resource and also the community a resource if they were interested. Um, and we could just buy a bunch of books and start a collection and have them at SCLO and then anybody could check them out. Like mm-hmm. we could come check them out or our students or even the community or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I reached out to SCLO and uh, Karen and mm-hmm. she was like very excited about mm-hmm. it. And so Very supportive. Yeah. 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 And we're going to have this uh, kickoff event on the 25th. Right. Um, talk a little bit about that evening, what you have planned, what you how you think that will hmm. go there. <laughs> well. Have we thought about it? Mm, that's a question. So I'm picturing the books will be on display. Mm-hmm. There will be books. There will be books. It's slow. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We have some here, by the way. Yeah. Oh, really? I oh, like, can't see it. Right. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. We do have some, including one called S N. Yes, Yes, They're so colorful. Yes. So I'm picturing. I picked the covers, the best covers. Very Great. Good. <laughs> good. Yeah. Um, so the idea is to kind of have a visible kind of kickoff where people can see this new collection, mm-hmm. um, and then we're going to um, be performing. Yes. A little bit, and also invite maybe do a small, uh, a very quick lesson, lesson? Workshop. <laughs> workshop, so that anyone is there, and it can be young people, old, old people, people. middle aged people, <laughs> any of one of any age. Yes. So I believe what Andrea is trying to say is the plan is we're going to have a workshop <laughs> for about 45 minutes. We're going to invite people from the community, if they want to, to come and we'll do some improv games with them and maybe get them into some scene work. Thank you for saying if they want to. If they want to, yes. It's no, everyone is required. Um, we will be going door to door. Yes. Also, registering you to vote and to be in this workshop. Vote yes on Prop 5. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so, going to distance myself. <laughs> distancing. Uh, and then we'll be doing a 45 minute performance which will be if people again if people want to mm-hmm. from the workshop can join us okay. on stage and we'll be doing different things uh, we've been promoting it as having a literary twist which we yeah. definitely know exactly what that means <laughs> we're not going to tell we you we want it to be book related in okay. some way sure. and we have a few ideas on what that might look like okay. yes, Miss Havisham might make a visit oh, maybe I mean, Miss Piggy too she's from <laughs> Charles she's Dickens okay. she's from Charles Dickens <laughs> I'm talking about Miss Havisham not about Miss Piggy. Oh, well, she's also from Charles Dickens. <laughs> they, did, they did a Christmas yeah, carol. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Come on. Okay, okay, okay. So maybe it'll be Charles Dickensian Dickens. connections. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, so it should be fun. Yeah. It'll be fun. Oh, yeah, we're really looking forward to it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. a great evening. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add about either that or the improv where you guys are going to be um, in the coming mm-hmm. months or whatever? Uh, when does this go up? When does this drop? When does this drop? <laughs> That's right. This will drop two weeks. I need a calendar, I think. So, like, the 19th, like a week, the okay. Tuesday, Wednesday before. Okay. Uh, All right. Oh. So, okay, Tuesday, Wednesday before. All right. So, <laughs> if, if it drops before the 19th, on the 19th, we are doing a fundraiser show for St. Andrew's Community Cafe. Okay. Um, if, if you know what that evening. is. That's a Friday evening. Um, they provide free meals to the community every Thursday. Every Thursday. And they do other things. And um, we practice St. Andrew's, so this is our way of giving back for them being so generous and letting us practice there. Mm-hmm. Um, tickets are twelve fifty. Mm-hmm. All proceeds go to the community cafe. Mm-hmm. It comes with uh, a meal or some snacks. Snacks. Snacks mm-hmm. and, you know, ref- light refreshments, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we, ha- we are doing two shows a month. We do the first Thursday of every month, which is our Happy Valley Improv in the Attic, which is kind of our flagship show that's, you know, our proven stuff that we've been doing for a while. And then we have the third Monday of every month where we're doing some more experimental stuff um, that will have already happened by now. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Andrea and I's two-person show is mm. going to be premiering that time. Uh, but the next one of those will be in November, and that will be a fundraiser show for the State College Food Bank. Okay. Um, That's the Monday of Thanksgiving week. Monday of Thanksgiving week. And, and these then, are at the State Theater? These are all, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. all in the attic of the State Theater. Our yeah. Thursday shows are twelve fifty. Mm-hmm. Monday shows are $10, and then student tickets are $7 for either show. Mm-hmm. Um we will have just started our set, our uh, last round of classes for 2018. So, if you're interested in classes, keep up with that for the next year. 
Um, we do offer workshops for local for organizations, yeah. uh, whether it's a corporate or a for-profit. We do like working with local nonprofits. We've done stuff with Jana Marie before, Jana Marie Foundation, right. and other stuff like that. The Belfont Youth Services. Belfont Youth Services Bureau. We were just up there a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, so I mean, we, you can find all our information happyvalleyimprov.com. We're on all the social media, HV underscore improv on Twitter, Happy yeah. Valley Improv on Facebook. Yeah, and we intend to be a part of this community for a good long time. Yeah, so get um, ready, Sacred. So we're not going anywhere. The picketers can just stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. forget the haters. We love our haters. We Bring it on. We want people to, um, we want this to outlive any of the four of us for sure. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. So five years at least. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving Nate about three more years. That's true. <laughs> oh boy. He lives hard. He, I, he lives a hard I, life. I do, yeah. I live hard. I go fast. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's. I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah. Right? Don't I forget anything? Um, I don't think so. Please come out to a show. Please yeah. come out to this kickoff event. Yeah. Please look up improv. It has benefits for anybody, and we really we love it. Read the books. Sign read, out the books yes. and read them. Yes. Yeah. Please. There will be a test. Yeah. <laughs> and we do get royalties every time it's checked out. So. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's very much it. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Nate and Adrian. And thank you for Happy, Happy Valley Improv from everyone at school. I mean, this is going to be great. Yeah. A great partnership. We're looking forward to that evening and having the books available for people. So. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. This was so much fun. Very yeah. fun. Right. Yes. Appreciate it. Thank awesome. You. Thank you. So that was Nate Rufo and Andrea McCluskey of Happy Valley Improv. Uh, come check them out on Thursday, October 25th here at SCLO, uh, starting at 6 p.m. for an evening with Happy Valley Improv. Uh, that should be a real fun evening. And you can start checking out books of the Happy Valley Improv Collection and, and see what you think about improv. And maybe you'll want to do a workshop or continue to go uh, see some shows at the State Theater that, uh, that the group does. Some other events happening. Uh, Research Unplugged is winding down. Uh, There's two more, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. The next one is Thursday, October 18th, uh, starting at 1230. It's uh, Factors and Barriers to Adoption of Sustainable Structural Materials. Uh, Dr. Esther Abonio of the Penn State's Department of Architectural Engineering is going to discuss factors and barriers to renovating the Rust Belt's smaller cities and this is specifically a, a study that, that um, uh, Dr. Arbonio led in New Kensington, Pennsylvania. So that should be interesting. And then the final research unplugged for the fall is October 25th. Dr. Roger Williams, he's the former director of the Penn State Alumni Association. And he wrote a book about Evan Pugh, uh, Penn State's first president. And so his presentation on the 25th is Evan Pugh's Penn State, America's Model Agricultural College. So... Um, so that's, that'll be interesting, but a lot of history. And his book is actually at SCLO, so you can check that out as well. Uh, some other events happening on, uh, on Saturday, October 20th, the next, is the next SCLO Labs. It's on digital photo storage. Uh, so that, that should be, a, you know, if you want to try to figure out what to do with all those photos on your smartphone, you, that'll be a good one to check out. And then Monday, October 22nd, that's our, is our big event for, for the month and for the fall, probably. Uh, it's an evening with Stephanie Powell-Watts. Um, 
the author of the uh, best-selling book, uh, No One Is Coming to Save Us, uh, came out last year. It's just she's received numerous awards and honors for the book, and it's, it should be a great evening with her. Uh, hopefully you heard our, the last week's episode of the podcast. I, have a, I had a conversation with uh, Stephanie Powell Watts. Uh, if you haven't, you can still go to the podcast website and get in. You can listen to uh, the, the conversation I had with her as we get ready to welcome her on Monday, October 22nd, starting at 6.30 p.m. Over in our children's department, uh, Halloween Bash is coming. Yes, it's that time of year on uh, Sunday, October 28th, uh, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. The, the children's department is going to be having a Halloween Bash. And speaking of Halloween, uh, tune into next week's episode. I'm going to be talking with a couple members of the Spooky Scary Society. You're going to find out a little bit about what that's about. And uh, and just going uh, <laughs> to obviously talk about some all horror, thriller, spooky stuff as we uh, get ready to get into the Halloween season. So that'll be next week's episode, so you want to tune into that. Um, but everything, all the events, uh, 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 services are available. You can find out on our website, sclowlibrary.org. Uh, you can, um, you know, we have the calendar events. We have the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And, of course, we have the podcast, and hopefully you're enjoying that. And if, if you have ideas for an episode, if you have any comments, please feel free to contact us. Um, until next time, uh, we hope you enjoy this. Until next time, uh, we hope to see you at Sklo Library. Mm-hmm.